Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
out of here enjoy going to bed at night? Got one. Guess the rest of you just stay up all night and work, right? <laughs> what was the name of the book you were reading by? Um, uh, you, How to Read the Bible. How to Read the Bible. By Cox. By Cox. And uh, that's an interesting book. I was going to mention to you, Abner, that if you have some fine points you want to share with us in class, why, please do so. <clears throat> because that's kind of the key, you know. The reason people are confused is because they don't have a clear um, process in how to study and read the Bible. The rest is sacred. And we're going to try to demonstrate to you from the scriptures today as to why and how we can say that. First of all, we have a couple of things that we need to pick up on from last Sunday in Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> Just as a way of review here, because here, here's what we want to do today. Uh, we, we want to finish the context of Exodus 20, 8 through 11, that we began last week, didn't quite make it through, and we'll just do it, deal with it briefly this morning. And then secondly, we want to look for the revealed mystery about the rest factor uh, that begins in uh, Exodus and Genesis 2, and we'll, which we'll read here in a few moments how it began, but uh, what the revealed mystery about the Sabbath is. And the revealed mystery is really in a statement that rest is sacred. <coughs> <coughs> so where we were last week <coughs> in looking at uh, the four verses back there, <coughs> is that we, we looked at, uh, in verse um, 8 of chapter 20 of the book of Exodus, remember the Sabbath day, to keep it, the Sabbath day, holy. And we talked about that in, in its context. And, <clears throat> and the reason why is that we're not going to discover it until we get to the New Covenant, but we're to remember, to keep our, not to allow anything to get in our minds that clutter our view of what the Sabbath is, and, and really then, as revealed in the New Testament, what the Sabbath is about. In a summary, it is a reason for life. Built in this, that is not built in this idea of the Sabbath, that is not, the reason for it is not revealed in the Old Testament. We don't get into the reason for the Sabbath until we come into the New Testament. <clears throat> and uh, that's uh, verse, uh, the first verse, and, and where it says to remember the Sabbath day. Uh, he, he's talking about there's a reason for it because memory facilitates proper conduct. That's why we read last week, remember Lot's wife, because in remembering him, you learn that it never pays to go backwards. You learn to go forward in life. You know, a lot of folks, a lot of these folks out here that live in the park, 
<clears throat> I haven't been able to get through to any of them. I've had some good conversations with them, but they live in the past. They live in all the bad things that have happened to them. You know, they're this, they're this way because, well, I was abused, or this happened to me, or that happened to me. You know, um, <clears throat> you're going to get a whooping. Yeah, she said, yeah. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so the first thing was to remember and to remember this because it provides us with a reason for life. But we don't discover what that is until we come to the new covenant. And then <clears throat> uh, we looked secondly last week at the work ethic involved, that God introduces the work ethic to us, that there is a value to work, and we need to learn how to work. And I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to go to Lamentations today. Do you know where Lamentations is? How many of you have memorized the book of Lamentations? Oh, Nolan, you're a jewel. I think he needs an increase in pay, don't you? She's had a drink, so I think she's all right that way. <clears throat> she's been out of sorts this morning. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. And... Uh, <clears throat> Anybody ever read the book of Lamentations? <clears throat> Who can give us real quick what the book of Lamentations is about? You have five major prophets. What are they? Five major prophets. What are the five major prophets? You've got it, Dorothy. Isaiah? Who wants to pick up on Dorothy's answer? What's next? Jeremiah? What comes after Jeremiah? Lamentations. And, of course, it's written by Jeremiah, and that's why it is called, uh, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet, is because Lamentations is about his um, remorse over the fall of the Babylonian captivity uh, regarding uh, Jerusalem, uh, of uh, Israel. <clears throat> and then what are the other two? Ezekiel and Daniel. So what are they? Who can give the five? Or are you all, all on recess? <laughs> you have an A. You got an A. Who else got an A? All right. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. You got it, Abner? Good. <clears throat> So now you know where Lamentations are, or is. So look at chapter 3 and verse 27. We're talking about the worth ethic only in review of where we were last week. In verse 27, it is good for a man that he learns to slumber. You're not with me. Oh, that's a little bit different, isn't it? <clears throat> it is good for a man that he should bear the yoke while he is young. That's the work ethic we were talking about last week. Do we, you know, that's one of the prob problems with the young people of our time, which is not their fault. It's a part of the fault of society itself. And part of it is because of where we live, 
there isn't a lot of hard work for the kids to do. Now, how many of you can go out and hoe 20 acres of corn tomorrow? Who's got 20 acres? And if you do, do you have it planted in corn? But <clears throat> so a part of the problem is, is that the possibility of doing what the Bible says is the building of character, we don't, we've lost some of that, those possibilities. And so whatever it is, it is teaching us, though, that as parents, we are responsible for being creative in providing a place and a way for young people to learn how to work and to be labor and to, to to work to where they're sweating. I mean, hard work to bear the yoke means that it's a heavy, hard thing to do, and to to learn the discipline of working when it hurts and when you have blisters. It might be hoeing corn. Uh, it might be cutting the wood. We don't burn wood, see? So we've lost that access to hard work. Um, and, you know, playing with uh, electronic devices really isn't hard work. There's character building in hard work. And somehow, as Christian parents, we need to bring our children up exposed to hard work and to learn the discipline of working until the job is done. All right, now let's go into new territory. Verse today, uh, <clears throat> let's go to verse 10 of our text in, in Exodus. <clears throat> so first we've just reviewed where we, were, where we were last week. And the thing that's built into remembering is that in the memory, uh, there is a, a, a remembering the Sabbath is because in that idea of the Sabbath, the very reason for life is built in that term. We're going to discover that here in just a few moments. But in Exodus chapter 20, we have two more things to look at first. And in verse 10, <clears throat> But the Sabbath day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. If you have visitors, you don't forget what? To remember the Sabbath. All of those conditions there. Now remember, we're not under the old law as it was, but I'm giving you this as a basis for what it is trying to convey that's going to be revealed in the New Covenant. We'll be there pretty soon. So this, is, uh, this even includes then the remembering of your Sabbath, even includes your guest. Company is no excuse to violate whatever the terms of the Sabbath are. You shall do no labor. You shall... Do no work, because you've done that when? You've done that in the six days. The seventh day has no work, and that includes your family members. It includes your guests. 
you have to keep the Sabbath in mind. Now, don't get ahead of me. Now, verse 11, the last thing we're going to talk about from this context today. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. So you see, now remembering the Sabbath day not only gives to us the idea of a work ethic and that remembering it has involved in it all of the real reasons for life, And it includes everybody who stays in our home needs to be exposed to remembering the Sabbath and what it means. But fourthly here, in six days, what it's saying, it establishes the origins of creation. In the remembering of the Sabbath, you are remembering that God made the heavens and the earth. We forget the idea of the Sabbath. We then are removed from the idea of creation. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. I'd be, I'd be resting too. Oh, after, the, after doing all of that. Therefore the Lord spoke well. That's what the word blessed means here. It means to speak well. He spoke well of the Sabbath day, and he made it unique. Now, those are key words in the Hebrew. Secondly today, firstly, we have finished our context in Exodus 28 through 11 with those four things involved in that context. Now, today, we want to go on and look for its revealed ministry, uh, mystery in the new covenant first of all we have to go back to how it began in genesis chapter 2 if you go back to genesis chapter 2 this is number one well uh verse three uh, verse two okay let's let's start with verse one uh, thus, the, uh, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their host. So there were a lot of hosts created. We don't know a lot about them, but we do find more about them in other uh, books of the Bible. But on the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. So there was somebody involved in the heavens and the earth and, all the, and the creation of all the hosts, including the devil, We find that out from the book of Jude. The seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Now verse 3. Then God spoke well of the seventh day and sanctified it, because in that day he rested. Who rested? God rested. Don't forget that because that's a key to where we want to go. We've got to keep going so we can get there. Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So not only is the Sabbath day a day of remembering that God is the creator, but it's a a day that God rested 
And there is something very unique about God resting. By the way, it says that he worked. And when he got his work done, the key there is that work isn't work until its objective is accomplished. Have you ever just put forth a lot of labor and not get out, got to get anything done? You know, that's what I see a lot of kids doing. You know, they're, they're out there just ex- exerting themselves to the hilt. But at the end, nothing has really been made or done or accomplished. They're playing hard. That's not really work. It isn't work in a biblical context until you have accomplished the objective of what you're doing. Now let's go to our text uh, in, in um, Genesis chapter 20, and because we've already, we just came from there, but I want to show you another dimension that we haven't looked at here in verse 8. <clears throat> in in um, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8, remember the Sabbath day, and who is he speaking to? He is speaking to Israel, and that's how he expands it now, He is expanding it from being his rest, the time when God rested, to the time that now he has given it to a people, and by that they have become a nation based on this law and the other laws of all of the laws of the Old Covenant. This is one of them. This is the one that ties them and separates them from all the other people of the world. This is the, the word of separation. Because the other people did not keep the Sabbath, and only the people of Israel kept the Sabbath, it was their expression to the world that they believed that God was the Creator. Now it's been expanded to these people, and now they are to observe this day as a nation. Now they have a nation. Now they are a nation with laws, and the laws have behind them a purpose. And we all know what that purpose is. That was the law was added to the promise so that the promise of the Messiah and the blessings of God could be fulfilled and the law was added to the promise to assure the coming of the Messiah and the Messiah would set up his kingdom and the apostles would be the executors of his will. We know that process by now, don't we? Don't we know it? We know that. Now, thirdly, today, not only it began as a day for God to rest, And there's something unique about that. And then it was expanded as a time that the nation of Israel was to observe on a weekly basis. Now, let's look at the nature and how the nature of of the Sabbath begins to change. Go with me to Matthew 11. In the New Covenant now, which we aren't yet there, but in the New Covenant, in, in, uh, in the time of Christ on from this point, we are now beginning to see that the nature of the Sabbath is changing. Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find Sabbath. Oh, now we have a twist. Jesus is saying, if you will come to me and find your rest in me, you will have rest. Now, in the Old Testament, the rest was for God, and then it was expanded as a, to a nation as a rest physically. Now Jesus is changing it to a rest spiritually. You will find rest for your soul. What a difference. That's the beginning. Look at chapter 12 and verse 8. <clears throat> for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So now the Lord, who was entrusted with all authority in heaven and on earth, is saying, now I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the master of the rest, of the rest of God. I am the master of it. I am the Lord. I am the dictator. The Lord means a benevolent dictator. I am the one who dictates now the meaning and the application of the Sabbath. Go over to Mark chapter 2. <clears throat> 2 and 27. Mark 2 and verse um, 27. Now Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was not made for man. Now initially it was made for whom? God. That's right. It was for God to rest from the labor that he had put forth. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath <clears throat> was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. For, so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So now we have a change taking place. And that's the beginning. Beginning to de- demonstrate how the nature of the Sabbath was being changed progressively. Now, number four, so not only it began with a day of rest for God, it was expanded to be observed by a nation, and then the nature of the Sabbath begins to get changed. Now, let's look how the objective is realized in Hebrews chapter 4. Keep in mind that when we read Hebrews 4, 1 through 11, that it it has been changed from a command to a promise. It was a command to Israel. But under the new covenant, after Acts chapter 2, the Sabbath was no longer a command. It became a promise. Is there a difference between a command and a promise? You can keep a command. You cannot keep a promise. And I mean that in the sense of somebody else is making a promise to you. You can't make them keep their promise. You can keep your promises. And that under the old covenant, they were to observe the Sabbath, but under the new covenant, we are to enter the Sabbath. 
So keep those contrasts in mind. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. We have just time to read this, if we can make it. Therefore, let us fear while a promise remains of entering whose rest? God's rest. Thank you. So there's a promise. Part of the promise of Acts 2, 39, for the promise is unto you. This is a part of that promise. A promise remains of entering his rest. So God has a rest. He establishes it as a day. He expands it to the nation of Israel. And then when it comes down to our age, he says, you can enter that rest if you choose to. And he says, make sure that you don't come short of it. See, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. Don't fall short of the rest that is in God. Don't fall short. For indeed, verse 2, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them. Oh, I love that. You know, a lot of people hear, but it's no good because they don't do anything with it. You mentioned that earlier, Nolan. Not just hearers, but doers. They heard and did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Verse 3, for we who have believed enter that rest. When do you enter that rest? You begin to have access to that rest when you become an operable believer. And I mean by that is that when your belief is enough to where it gets you to be obedient. Obedient to the truth. <clears throat> just as I have sworn in, just as he was said, I, as I have sworn in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. That was the people of Israel. They had kept the Sabbath day, but he said because of what they have done and how they have lived and what their values in life were, they are not going to enter my rest. And they didn't. That's what the fall of Jerusalem is about. That's what Hebrews is. That's the theme of the book of Hebrews. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world and he rested, you cannot be a participant. Oh, that's bad news. Then he, in verse 4, for he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage, they shall not enter whose rest? My rest. Now let's keep going. You've got that now. We've already talked about that today. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of what reason? Disobedience. They did not do what they knew God had commanded them to do. He again fixes a certain day, saying today, saying through David after so long a time, just as has been said before, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Folks, he's talking about rest. Now verse 8, For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So it wasn't the Sabbath day that the Jews kept, and that some denominations are still keeping today, that was ever the issue. 
Even Joshua spoke of another day, of a real rest, not one that was to be just observed on a weekly basis, but that one one was, that was to be entered into. Now let's go on. <clears throat> I hate to rush through this. <clears throat> so, if John, the verse eight, for if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. And of course, Joshua followed Moses in this talking about uh, the law that had been given to Israel. So, no, notice verse nine. Now we see the transition complete. So there remains a Sabbath rest. Folks, that's the Sabbath you and I need to be focused on today. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from him, from his. There's the principle of the new rest the new Sabbath, the one who has entered his rest, if you have entered, you know, he's talking about those who have died. They have entered, they were, they were the people of God. They were faithful to God. They were obedient to the gospel. And whether under the old covenant or under, if they had lived under the new covenant up to this point, if they died true to the covenant under which they lived, when you die, you are in God's rest. The one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his work. You know, dead people aren't worried about hoeing the corn. You might get as much done, but that's not what they're concerned about. They have entered his rest. He has rested from his works as God did from his. That's the principle he wants to drive home. Therefore, verse 11 Therefore, let us be diligent to enter that rest. See, now it's not a day to be observed under the new covenant. It's a state of being to be entered into. You see the switch? That's how we have to read the Bible. That's how we have to understand the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. So, therefore, let us be diligent. That's kind of like being slothful, isn't it? Careless about, not at all. It means to be diligent, to put forth your energy, your emotions, your whole being into entering that rest, that rest which identifies you then with the God who rested the seventh day. That's the rest that we need to enter so that no one will fall. That's what keeps people from backsliding and becoming indifferent to the things of God is being focused on entering the rest. Through following the same example of disobedience. Folks, that means consecrated. Consecrated with conviction to be true to entering in the rest that God has provided where we can partake, be a participant in his Now, verses uh, 12 and 13, kind of in conclusion here. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
That's what the Word of God can do. There is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. So He is saying, God knows what your intentions are how you, by how you respond to His Word. When we respond to His Word properly and we have in our mind as our objective to enter into the rest that God rested on the seventh day, then you see that's the promise that we are a participant of when we become members of grace, members of the kingdom, and have our sins washed in the watery grave of baptism. Any questions? You see the transition? You see the flow? You know, I, I hate to do a 10-hour thing in 25 minutes, but I, do you have, an, you have the idea? Any questions? Don't be afraid. All right? We'll conclude with that. From a command to now a promise. The promise that you can become a participant of is to be, when you die, you will enter that rest. And now we live in the promise of entering that rest when we are New Testament Christians. <clears throat> God's rest is accessible. You need to remember that God's rest is accessible. That's ought to be our objective, what our children know from the youth up. All right, let's sing number 13 today. Wonderful words of life, because it's the words of life that teach us about God's rest and that we can become a part of that rest. And once we are in that rest, as God's rest is eternal, our rest will be eternal with him as joint heirs with Christ. Let's stand as we sing one verse. Sing them over again to me. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.